This is the Global Sales Leader Podcast, episode 38 with Lee Hackett. This is all about scalable sales and how you can connect performance in the professional world of athletics into the world of business. Like you can connect with me at jcooper at jasoncooper.io or jasoncooper.io. It's all about relationships. It's all about how you can scale and grow. That's something that I love and it's something that I like to connect with my audience. It's all about learning and pivoting on everything that we do here and all about understanding a process. Every episode is about this and this episode is no different. Hello, good morning, good evening and Hello, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and wherever you are in this wide, wonderful world that we live in, you are very welcome to the Global Sales Leader Podcast. I'm your host. I'm all about building up relationships, successful sales relationships, and how we can monetize good interactions with people for the longevity, and it's all about that. I work in training and coaching and other facets uh, around business and lots of different areas. But I'm also fascinated by other people, how they work and how they do. This series is all about insightful leaderships, people that have something slightly different. What I want and what I hope is that everyone that I interview, that people gain some knowledge, some insights, I always like to say some golden nuggets of information. And today we got Lee Hackett here with me today. Hello, Lee. How are you doing? Hi, Jason. Yeah, I'm good. Glad to be here. And it's good to have someone on the same time zone as me today, which is also, it's always six, eight, nine, ten hours different. So, Lee, uh, I'm in Dublin and you're in, remind me where you're about again. So I'm in the Wirral near Chester, Liverpool, Manchester. You know, that'll give orientate people a little bit. <laughs> so you're welcome. Look, uh, a little bit of a synopsis about Lee. Lee uh, was a pro footballer and now's turned into uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, he, he quit uh, football, soccer, however you want to call it. It's the same thing. And grew three businesses up to significant revenues. And he's had some good learnings and good ways of understanding how to scale businesses and how to grow using some phenomenal um, tactics within sales and leadership and business because it's all about building and scaling the, the business. And I've been there as well. And you've been on the FTSE 200 public company, peak performance athlete mindset. And that's an area that I want to go into today because it's all about the mindset in whether you're in sports or whether you're in business or this is the Global Sales Leader Podcast and we're talking about mindset and in sales because we really want to understand how to make and how to build successful salespeople that have that ability to just get up and do it uh, without any push from their managers or kicks in the swift direction or whatever it might be, but to have that significant mindset. So, uh, Lee built highly effective marketing funnels and other collective way. He's also a podcast host like myself. So, um, look, I've missed out lots of stuff because I want you to tell 
uh, about your little journey from, if you could tell us a little bit of anchor points from how you got into being a professional footballer, soccer player, if you're listening in the US, because we've got a significant amount of people from the US listening, and how you pivoted towards sales and how you use the elements of football, soccer to and utilize it to uh, the business scenario. There's not that many people that have done it in the, in in those sort of connotations. Uh, here in Ireland, uh, we have Jamie Heaslip, that uh, rugby player turned into a business person. And there's a few others like that. But uh, if you can give us a, a little bit of background about who you are, Lee. Yeah, no, of course, Jason. I think you... Um... You articulated it quite well, I think, um, in terms of the, uh, the the quick overview there. I think I would I would definitely start by saying I've made a lot of mistakes in that period. So yeah, a few wins, but a lot of mistakes, and I value them as much. But yeah, taking it back to, to football, soccer. How did I get from football and soccer into um, into business? Well, it was kind of by accident, I say. I, I would say so when you when you play professional football soccer you you when uh, straight from school like I did you kind of forced all to go to also to go to college and um, yeah. I was terrible at school uh, really bad I was completely football crazy so I had no interest in anything academic but when I when I played football had to go um, to university had to go to to college learned about business because um, mm-hmm. that sounded interesting. And I guess where you know my background, where I come from, all of those kind of things, you have to be a little bit entrepreneurial. You know, mm. it was a bit of a tough area. Um, you have to have your wits about you. So I think I was probably developing entrepreneurial skills at a very young age. You know, I had paper rounds, milk rounds, I had people working for me on a paper round. Um, oh, I know that probably one. Probably when I was like 11 or 12. So it was always there looking back now. Um, but when I stopped playing football, and there's a huge amount I learned from elite sport that allowed me to kind of just jump into business. So when that opportunity came, I was extremely lucky, kind of right place, right time. Got into a business in the UK that was it was a PLC, but it was growing unbelievably quick. And I um, got into their fast track management program. I was the youngest manager ever at, you know, uh, 21, 22. Um, so allowed me to kind of get exposure to some very, very, very high caliber individuals who um, kind of give me some real insight and mentorship and uh, and kind of adapted from there. And, you know, sales was the part of business for me, which was the easiest, mm-hmm. still is. Um, uh, and I have this particular reasons about that, I think, but maybe we'll explore that today. But I think um, sales has always been a more natural part you know, in business, you kind of have to, I believe you have to be reasonably good at lots of different things, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the art of business at its core, particularly as a CEO. Um, but I think sales for me was always the biggest one. So it was a, it was quite an easy leap. So um, what makes a salesperson? Or Because I find that you have to be a people person. There's a lot of things this year over the last 18 months, two years is big things this year is soft skills and you have to do this and you have to do this, this and this. But I think it's people skills Uh, and in in sales and helping others get what they want. There is something that makes there's a DNA in 
a salesperson that uh, can out uh, either outsell or help other people more than others. So what, what do you think, if you broke that down, what do you think that might look like to you? Yeah, I think um, I, I, would, I would partly agree, Jason. Um, I would phrase it slightly differently um, because, you know, if I take myself as an example, definitely I, I would not class myself and I think the people who work for me and with me as a people person, right? I, um, I think I'm, I'm much better now than I was mm -hmm. maybe... 10 years ago, it's been a personal, big, big part of my personal development. It is That's always been a blind spot for me. I'm right. more as a leader being, and I was like this when I was leading sales teams. Look, we're going to climb Everest. And if you die along the way, then whatever, right? And okay. We're going to climb Everest no matter what. And yeah, yeah. Um, so if you want to get there, stick with me kind of thing. Um, that doesn't work. Um, it's not sustainable. Um, it works in short bursts, et cetera, yep. et cetera. So it's always been a big part of mine, uh, a big part of my development. But I think what I would say, what I do agree, I think what good salespeople do is they understand people's needs. So they're yep. able to understand and tune in on body language. They're able to tune in on, you know, what makes that individual tick. And, um, you know, I, I, I come from a tough area in Liverpool. That's where my background come from. And I think it was a skill I learned then. You know, um, you had to be able to kind of assess people quite quick. Mm -hmm. And I think in sales, that's a handy skill. Absolutely. Because I could always sit in the room, understand the person on the other side of the table, genuinely as well, not, not purely tactically from a sales perspective, and really tune into them and understand them. And I think mm. that is a, for me, um, the, uh, a key skill in sales, particularly high value sales. Yeah. I think it's empathy. It's really, it's not about you and it never is about you. You have some wonderful products and services and whatever else that's behind you. They know that, but as long as you can listen to understand, but as long as you can empathetically sit in their shoes for a second and see things from their point of view. And that's, that's, all about uh understanding their needs and everything else around that um this is one of the character traits that i've interviewed loads of people from global ceos to multi-billionaires and there's character trait that sits along it all and it is really fundamentally just listening to the other person asking some smart questions and just relax a little bit don't be a robot and understand if you're having a script in front of you, forget it. It's not going to work. And that's the challenge with um, a lot of companies. They're given a script and they say, go by the script, and that doesn't work. So what other character traits did, have you got that is significant? Because well, I looked at your profile, and you have a process, a Lee seven-step framework. But is, is it a framework or is it a process? I'd say it's a, fra it's a framework, and it, it's more... I guess, and the way I was always think about sales is coming from a context of growth. You know, I think sales has a such a specific meaning or perception yep. in the organization. But it, I'm, you know, for me, when I'm thinking about you know uh, sales, I'm thinking about growth. So I'm thinking about, and if I'm working with businesses now, if the company that I lead is if we're consulting. 
as we do around the use of technology, then we're thinking about how can you use this technology or how can you use this framework to grow? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's a, a slightly different perspective also on the sale, right? Because, and I think this is where things have changed in terms of, you know, my career has always been predominantly B2B sales. Mm -hmm. And uh, so quite long sales cycles, quite high values, you know, that whole world has got very complicated now, um, you know, in terms of how people buy, how buyers buy yeah. and how, how businesses, salespeople engage. So I think a quality that I would always isolate is consistency. So, you know, it's just the, the art of consistency in sales, in that engagement, in whatever that might be. Um, and often people will ask, well, what, what, what do you mean by consistency? So just do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. It, it's surprising how much that works, right? Is actually, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to follow that up and I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to listen, all of those kind of things that wins for me more than the kind of type of maybe approach, which is kind of rip off and scarper type for me sales yeah. of kind of just get in, sell, sell, sell something and get out. I'm thinking about growth. I'm thinking about retention relationships, long term, yeah. all of those, all the time. Yeah, I, I totally concur with you. Relationships is one of the core areas that I'm in because I know once you get a customer, once you get a, a, a business relationship, you've got to nurture that. But you've also got to find out a lot more about that person because that builds trust. And I think trust, and as you said, consistency is one of the laws of influence and persuasion on the Cialdini's laws of influence and persuasion. But it's so true. And I'll give you an example today where someone was supposed to ring me at 10 o'clock this morning. They even said at half past nine, I'll give you a call at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock came, no consistency there. Do what I say, not what I do. But I always believe if you say you're going to do something, you bloody well bet, better pick up that phone at 10 o'clock this morning. Otherwise, for me... I'm bang on the dot. If I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. And and exactly the same as yourself. So I really understand and I completely concur with you. So what other character traits, uh, what ma what's, what's made you um, successful in what you've done? Yeah, I think, I think um, in terms of the context of sales, consistency is my, definitely my secret kind of weapon. I think mm -hmm. from a, or, superpower if there is one i think from a put in everything i do um whether it be kind of you know fitness or health or business you know my um most important project is my is my family and yeah. you know so all of these kind of things i try to take a consistent approach and you know that works but i guess also in sales and i think i kind of mentioned before one of one of my areas of development has always been around you know, how can I become, you know, much more empathetic to, you know, people and, you know, much more understanding of their problems and challenges and needs, not just about the goal, right? Not just about the objective. And, and I think being humble in sales and, uh, again, is a huge, huge disarming opportunity. Um, you know, just saying, actually, I don't know, right, is 
quite a good thing often. Um, and it, I've been in situations, Jason, where even I've knew the answer, but I've actually said, I don't know, because I want to, I want the client, I want the relationship to feel uh, and understand that I'm a humble guy, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know everything, but you know what? I'll be consistent. I'll find out. I'll come back. So these are the things for me in terms of that have really worked, not just in, in kind of the sales, but in relationships and in, in building businesses and growth, which is ultimately my objective. Yeah, I think it's um, shown a little bit of vulnerability there. Uh, I think that's absolutely key because you get that connection. Like, like if, if you say something that uh, re will resonate with the other person and it's humbling as well, as you said, exactly as exactly how you said it. But, the, you know, saying that I don't know is absolutely core to how you build and sustain that relationship because there's a connection there. And then you can actually carry on the conversation there afterwards and you both see it from each other's point of view. Look, I'm really fascinated by um, the the psychology. I'm jumping around a bit here because that's just the way my brain works because uh, I work in creative elements and I'm quite a visual orientated person. But I'm, I'm fascinated by the performance and, and psychology of um, being an athlete. Like I, I'm an athlete as well. And I, I, I did a lot of athletics uh, running for my county and uh, – when I was younger. So I understand that in a way, and I still do uh, mountain running now, me looking at the, the Dublin mountains, getting very jealous. But what, what are the, the, the psychology of sports to being in business? Because I think there's a, a relevance and there's transferable skills here. Massive. Yeah. Um, I think the, um, you know, one of the key things in, in, in sales and business and in, in, you know, in all of this kind of thing is being coachable. Um, you know, working as part of a team. Um, you know, sales is a bit of a, is so similar to business because mm. in a team sport, because in, in a team sport, in elite athlete, uh, you know, athletics, elite, you know, American football, soccer, whatever it is, if it's a team sport, you have to be unbelievably selfish, yeah. but also a massive team player. And you have to be able to do that simultaneously. And um, that is a, a business is like that, particularly at an elite level of business. So if you're working in a, you know, an A-game management team, right? Or an A-game sales team, marketing team, finance team, whatever. If that's a good team or a board, you will see, you will notice that, you know, you need individuals who are probably going to be quite selfish in one way. Um, they're going to want to win. They're going to have opinions. Um, yeah. you know, they're going to be fought quite forthright, but at the same time, they've also got to be able to play with others. And these for me, in terms of, uh, w which is a thing that also, you know, really bloody hard work, um, was one of the things that just made it quite easy for me to adapt from sport into business really quickly because mm. I was able to kind of, um, exist at quite a senior level at quite a young age because I've been exposed, you know, and when I talk about coachable, you know, when you're getting screamed at every single day and you're getting yeah. consistent feedback on a minute-by-minute mm. minute basis, then, you know, you're probably going to be quite an easy person to manage. So you hit the ground running. Yeah, so, massively, yeah. Um, that was a bad joke as well. Yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I definitely hit the ground running um, and was able to adapt really quickly uh, to certain situations and learn fast, which again is another trait from elite sport. You have to be able to adapt skills yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, there's uh, lots of different areas that you touched on there. And I, th I think being coachable, well, it is, if you're coachable, especially when you're uh, failing and the, the bosses around you or mentors around you or whoever else is around you saying, I think you should try this next time, but learn it and do it and practice it rather than going, yeah, thanks a lot. I just carry on the way that I've done it. And I suppose in football, you have to keep on practicing. It's it's the key thing. If you want to improve and get that ball in that goal, I'm not sure where you were on the pitch, uh, but, you know, if you're going to pass it to that person, you better make sure that you pass it or you tackle the other person or you use your technical skills to play around the other person. And it is all of that. And there's an analogy and there's a, a, quite a few metaphors in there for business as well, because you have to work out how to be strategic and i always like to say there's no such feeling as failure but i also like to say you fell forward and what i mean by that is you fell but you understand but next time you do that you're not going to make that same error you're going to learn from that and and do that you because you mentioned uh when we first started about like life is about failures and but it's learning from that and the only way for growth is to learn from those so what were the things that you learned along the way to just fail forward? Yeah, failures. I think one of those things that I just need you, you kind of need time to understand. I think you know if I, um, I got used to failure quite quickly. I had a lot of successes, but I was you know I used to play up front, right? So I would miss a lot of goals. I would some games I would play bad. I would I would play well. You, yeah. know, you had to recover quite quick. And uh, then I, you know, I failed at ultimately being a professional footballer and then had to come out of contract and then go into, into business. Um, but I, I, I think I've never been a person, Jason, that kind of looks back too much. So I think that's a helpful thing. Yeah, and it I is. can also be quite an unhelpful thing as well in terms of I've learned, you know, certainly over the last five to 10 years to be more reflective but not reflective with, you know, beating yourself up, but actually, you know, maybe I've seen this before, right? Maybe actually there's some benefit in this perceived failure where, so now I kind of, I, I kind of run toward, you know, run towards failure. You know, I'm trying as hard as I can to mm. fail at everything, literally. So, and that's a crazy kind of statement to say in a lot of context, but I think you'll probably get it. And some of you listening as well, yeah. because if you kind of take that, I'm going to go all in and all the time on everything, then you're going to have some failures, but that's part of the process. But again, kind of swings back to consistency. If you do that consistently, a compounded effect over a medium to long term, uh, long term perspective is you're going to get some mm -hmm. real success. And I kind of, I'm, I'm still learning that now in my mid forties. Um, and I'm getting better at it all the time. But, you know, for me, I don't see it as failure. I just see it as I'm going to go all in all the time on everything. Some I'm going to win, some I'm not. But you know what? I'm not going to worry either way. Yeah, I think that's uh, everyone that I interview, like yourself, says exactly the same thing. 
because sometimes people focus in on the failures too much, but they don't learn from it. Now their head's gone into failures and their head gets lower. And especially when you're working in this industry, like uh, if your head goes down, you've lost it. The confidence goes and people know when, even when you communicate with all the nonverbals and all the voice and all the, the tone, the tonality and everything else comes out when you feel like you've had a bad day and you're sitting in the past because you've had four or five other phone calls which have been crap and it's getting yourself out of that effect what would you do to get yourself out back into that state of feeling back on track and uh like i had a couple of either a bad day yesterday but what do you do to get yourself back on yeah i think it, 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 the um for me uh, if i um, if I'm feeling a little bit, maybe not on it as much as I want to feel on it, exercise is a huge, you know, I train every day um, religiously. And uh, this morning I kind of woke up. Uh, I, I think I, I didn't eat as well as I should yesterday. I woke yeah. up, I was a bit groggy. I went out. We I did actually a CrossFit session. Come, oh, gosh, yeah. Had a bit of caffeine, um, listened to a bit of, an audio book and a little bit of a, but uh, in between calls and a little bit of probably a bit of motivational stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And I think that kind of thing for me and just being thinking about what I'm, what I have gratitude for, you know, um, what I, what I do and what I'm doing is really difficult and hard and challenging, but that's, I like that. Right. So, yeah. and I think that is, in that circumstance, it becomes all this kind of stuff becomes much more sustainable. So I've, in my career, Jason, and I've I've worked with quite a lot of really high caliber individuals, like real A game players, mm -hmm. who have just burned themselves out, right? Whether that be in sales or CEOs or you know friends, whatever that might be. And I think that because this, in the end, they start to really, really. Um, you know, get really down on what they're doing, right? You don't, yeah. you don't see it as a good thing. You see it as a negative. They're always busy, right? You know, why can't someone else do this or do that? And, and you know, I've got to do everything myself and all the ego kick, kicks in and all of that kind of stuff. And it all becomes really negative and it's not sustainable. So for me, just kind of clicking back, um, spending time with like-minded people um, and just clicking back and thinking about what I'm grateful for is... Uh, on a daily basis just keeps me in a in a relatively good pace yeah and i think there's a lot of people that go through that and i think the last 18 months in this global thing that we've had i don't want to dwell too much on it but i think there's been a lot of positives that's come out of it so all of these high performance people that have been flying all over the world and doing this that, and the other being delayed at airports and whatever now they've actually sat back at home in their bubble and they've reflected and people that reflect can really sort of change the way that they think and do about things in their life and how you can operate and for me it was phenomenal because it just gave me complete razor light focus yeah. and it really helped me connect my passion with my purpose to my dream uh and i've got that but you know there's a lot of burnt out people out there but i think maybe that uh, reflection is necessary to help us move forward. And 
I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of people like that. Yeah, no, I think the ability to reflect, um, but trying in a productive way is is quite a difficult skill. So it is. Um, you know, we bring it, if we bring it into the sales context, there's a kind of deal I'm working on at the moment, quite a number of deals, quite big deals, right? And, I, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, they're game-changing deals. If, you know, if we get this deal, it kind of yeah. a bit of a game-changer, takes us to that next level. Um, and I think from a point of view of, um, you know, I, I will know we won't get all of those deals, right? It's, it's kind of law of averages, that's sales, right? So, but I'll, I'll kind of sit there and I'll reflect afterwards and I've learned and getting better all the time to go, okay, well, how did that work? Right? What did we do well? What didn't we do well? What could we do better? Um, mm-hmm. But actually that's the process I enjoy now. So I think if you can flip these things, Jason, uh, to be to become productive, to be positive, not to be negative, then it, all of a sudden it becomes uh, an opportunity, it becomes a strength rather than a weakness. And I think yeah. reflection is is often used in a negative way, where people sit and stew and get and worry and get down. And and I see that with salespeople in our business, right? In terms yeah. of you know, they lose a deal and they're kind of down in the dumps and you know and and. I guess, you know, that's always going to be something if you, you know, as you get older, you should get more experience that and, and, and be able to use that experience. Allegedly. Yeah. Apparently Allegedly. so. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. So the question I wanted to ask uh, from your perspective, if you were interviewing you, what would you ask yourself? Great question. Great question. That is a really good question. What would I ask myself? Um, I would probably ask myself that from a point of view of, you know, what, what are the kind of one or two things that, you know, am, am I going to find hard to manage me on? Mm-hmm. Right? I think um, it's a question I often ask in interviews and um, particularly with A-game players by um, high caliber individuals, you know, mm-hmm. um, my job as a CEO and certainly as in my experience, y- your job becomes a bit of a line tamer. And um, because you've got, you kind of, you've got all of these lions that yeah. um, are, are willing to kind of just, um, you know, rip anyone's head off at any time. And yeah. I think from the point of view, so people become quite difficult to manage. And, um, and I, I'm definitely one of those people. So I will be asking me, what are the one or two things that I really need to be aware of that are going to find that I'm going to find difficult in managing, you know, Lee Hackett? I think that would be the question. Awesome. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, how can people find out more about what you do, Lee? Yeah, blueprintx.com is um, the agency, the global um, agency that, that I run. Um, uh, in terms of advising around tech, uh, but also on LinkedIn, uh, Lee Hackett on LinkedIn, reach out to me. I'm more than happy uh, to connect and answer any questions uh, that you know people might um, have thought of during listening to this podcast, Jason. Awesome stuff. Look, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for your time. You've been listening to the Global Sales Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cooper. Every week I, I speak to some phenomenal people the key and the crunch of this podcast, and I want everyone to realize this, is 
it's not about us, but it is about us, but it's about giving some people some really good insights so they can learn and grow. It's all about sharing knowledge, sharing ideas, sharing thoughts. If someone picks up one thing from this podcast and they accelerate their career in what they do, I think we've done our job really well. So look, I thank you so much for that. No problem. Thanks, Jason. It's been great to be on. You're listening to the Global Sales Leader Podcast. This is episode 38 that you just listened to with Leah Hackett. If you like this episode and you like all the other episodes, like please give it a five-star rating. It's very much appreciative. It really helps share and grow knowledge as we all grow together. If you want to hear more from me, uh, please visit my website at all the W's at jasoncooper.io. Anything more that you'd like to learn and grow from the likes of me, please send us an email at jcooper at jasoncooper.io. It'd be really wonderful to hear from you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week, weekend, and always learn more about what you can do and apply it. Thank you.